1: The Datable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. Each episode will not only offer you a new perspective on dating, but will also change the way you date. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear commentary from my producer, Julie Krafchick, and other surprise co-hosts. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. I'm so excited to have a friend as a guest on this episode, someone I've known for a really long time.
2: A long, long time, just like you said. We met in Beijing, China during the Olympics, that was in 2008, it is 2019, do the math,
1: 11 years. <laughs> I can't believe I've known you for that long. I know. Ryan on the line, he is 40 years old, he lives what? in What? Don't say that! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, but being, okay. you, but you still look twenty five, so it doesn't That's matter. Correct. He lives in Boulder, and he's lived in Boulder all his life, and is currently in a monogamous relationship now. Just a little background. When I first met Doozer, so we met, I call him Doozer, his name is Ryan. When I first <laughs> met Ryan, and I remember my first impression of him was I thought he was like this party guy, hey. really outgoing. Like I nicknamed him the mayor of Boulder because okay. knows everyone. He's a very social guy, very flirty. It took a few years for me to realize that Ryan is actually a hopeless romantic. Oh. He's a yeah. pretty sappy dude. <laughs> So I've seen his journey in this quest for love, and I think we should first start with, Ryan, how would you define love?
2: I define love as something beautiful, first of all. Like, love is something we all aspire to, whether it's with a person or... If it's with, you know, like a beautiful place, like I love Mexico or sunset. So love to me is when you share something so magical with somebody that it just can't get any better. So you just you just want to be with them.
1: Do you remember your first love?
2: Yeah, for sure. I remember the first time I fell in love. I was 18 years old. I was an exchange student in Sweden. I fell in love with a classmate in Sweden. I was young. It was the first time. And I threw my whole heart and soul at her because that's what I do with everything in life. And it was was pretty uh, cute.
1: So since this first love, tell us about some of the other memorable journeys in your quest.
2: Oh man, so many.
1: <laughs> so many.
2: How many times have you fallen in love? Ooh. Well, I would say like full on love, not that many times. Okay. After the Swedish girl, I had a college girlfriend that I was very close with. I would say that was love. And then after college, I probably had two more that I was way into in my 20s and 30s. And and then, right now, for sure, deep in love in my late thirties, early forties.
0: <laughs> Cheeks uh, up, we've already it. <laughs> so, what was that? Like five? Yeah, at least yeah, count? yeah,
2: okay. for sure.
1: That's a lot of loves. That's like yeah, one. you're very lucky to have had that many loves. Yeah. It was like
0: three I, great, two two to three great loves. Two I to know. three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Convenient theories for you. I'm able yeah.
2: at this time in my life to look back and feel very fortunate and grateful. At the time, when you break up with somebody and you go through heartbreak, it's the worst thing in the world, and you don't think you're ever going to meet anybody ever again that was as good as your girlfriend, and you just think it's all over. But, uh, you know, I have some perspective on that now.
1: So why don't we just go straight in that love that I know about, Ryan, the violinist.
2: We'll call it rock star love. Rock star
1: love! (laughs) How did that start?
2: We had both submitted audition videos to be a host of a TV show. The show was called Paradise Hunter and we were gonna travel the world and search out paradise. And people from all over the world submitted these audition videos and little by little, it got whittled down and there was a top 10. And I went through the top 10 to check out my competition and I saw this girl's video and not only was she just physically beautiful, but she had an amazing smile and was just so sweet and genuine. Whereas a lot of the other audition videos were just people just trying to show off really but um this girl was just so real and i messaged her and i said hey good luck in the competition i think your video is the best and i hope you do well and then on the other end she got my my message and said oh my gosh good luck to you too and she'd actually saw my video and thought it was cute so that's how we started talking back and forth and back and forth we would chat and i saw that she was very charming and funny and then i was like i need to see you i need to meet you in real life so she actually flew out to Boulder and we had a wonderful weekend together and that's how we initially fell in love where was she living at the time she was in Boston that's where I'm from oh, so yeah. what, <laughs>
1: what was it about I mean you guys met virtually so yeah it might as well just been a dating app <laughs> so what was it about these conversations that made you want to invite her to Boulder
2: she was just really funny she was one of the funniest girls I had encountered in my life that really just made me laugh out loud we learned about each other really quick we got into it you know, I learned about her her history. She had gone through breast cancer, and then now she's like a professional violinist, super smart, you know, like I said, just beautiful. You know, and she just charmed me real quick. And I said, hey, I, I want to meet you. Like, this is, let's just end this virtual stuff and get on a plane and come to Boulder.
0: So were you guys talking on text or were you talking on the phone? Like, how did we you see the We were talking through
2: Facebook. And then we might have done some Skype calls, I think. Okay. And then uh, it was pretty quick, because while this is happening, while we're talking— the competition for this TV show thing is still going on, and in the middle of it, I actually was awarded as the host of this TV show. And she was really cool about it; she wasn't bummed out. She was like, "You deserve it. You got this." And so, you know, there was no jealousy, which was cool. Yeah, right after I was named the host of this show, she uh, came to Boulder. It was it was April. It was beautiful. It was springtime, and I, you know, I don't have a car, so I picked her up at the airport in the bus, <laughs> and we took the <laughs> bus back home, and then we rode bikes all around boulder
0: it was great
1: and you guys fell in love in the in that time
0: wait in that weekend or like yeah yes i want to hear about this i would love to learn more about how you can fall that fast Mm.
2: I, i don't know i it's you know it was one of the first times in my life where it did happen that fast and at this point I was like 32 years old. She was 35. So we weren't like young and dumb. We had both been through relationships. We knew how, how it all works. And, uh, it just felt good. Like when you meet somebody and everything yeah. feels great, it just, that's how it was. You know, she met my mom right away. You know, she met a lot of my family, a lot of my close friends. And, uh, we would go on walks, you know, we went out partying and go on walks at nighttime. And it just felt like I'd known her for a really long
0: time. Wow. Well, Well, people will say, like, is it lust at that point? But then others that have fallen in love Mm -hmm. that quick will be like, no, you just haven't experienced it.
1: Right. In hindsight, would you say that was lust or love?
2: (laughs) There's definitely some lust involved because she was just like drop dead gorgeous. So for sure. I was like, oh, my God, this girl is amazing. But, uh, you know, it quickly, like when she left, she was only here three nights and she left. She wrote me a really sweet note uh, on the airplane going back to Boston. And I got it when she landed. It just really grabbed my heart. And then immediately we started just, you know, talking at turbo mode at this point, you know.
1: So you're doing long distance. And then what happens?
2: We're doing long distance. I went to Boston a couple times. She came out here a couple times. And then, you know, now it's early summer. She came and lived here for the entire summer in Boulder which was the first time I'd ever really, like, lived with a girl.
1: What was the end goal of this? Were you thinking, like, I want to build a life with this girl, and let's see what happens this summer?
2: Yeah, I really thought when I met her that she was the one. I uh-huh. thought, for sure, there's nobody else on this planet that is mm. as good as her, and I thought she was the one. So, yeah, I really, I, I was all in. My mom wow. was all in. Everybody was all in. They were like, Ryan has found the one. The stars S- have aligned.
1: And he had announced it to the world. Wow. I remember just from a friend's perspective. Perspective, I was like, he's borderline obsessed with this woman. So you felt,
0: <laughs> you felt like you met the one from day one, basically. Yeah, Pretty much. And she
2: would probably say the same thing. Wow. Uh, you know, if you called her right now, she would tell you the same thing.
0: So the summer goes
1: by. Um, I'm guessing the summer went very well. Yeah. And then what?
2: The summer went by and then um, she got hired to go on tour with her band And she was going to be gone for three months. And this is when things kind of got sticky. And I will blame a lot of this on me. I got really, I don't know, funky. I don't know what the word is. But this TV show that I had gotten wasn't turning out to be what it was supposed to be. And and work was really tough. And I was just frustrated. And uh, I wasn't the best Boyfriend at this time, I was I kind of pulled away, you know, mentally, physically. I was not nearly as affectionate, you know. I would blame a lot of the downfall of our relationship on my behavior toward the end of that summer into the fall.
0: How long had you been dating at this point?
2: Not that long. So we're from April to about September, but she did live with me for you know a couple of those three right. of those months. So it was it was pretty intense, and it's um,
0: so like six yeah, months. So, you had like yeah, six about six months.
2: More. Then she went on. Tour and I felt like I lost her. I thought I made the biggest mistake of my life. I went into like the biggest depression I've ever gone to. Mm-hmm. Never gone to uh, therapy or anything like that. I went to a therapist. I mean, mm-hmm. I really, it hit me hard. So you guys broke
0: up when she left.
2: Yeah, we, okay. we broke up. Yeah, And I was destroyed. And then I dedicated the next three, four months to trying to get her back.
0: So why yeah. did you break up with her just because she was leaving and you couldn't handle it with your own stuff? Or what was the reason? Yeah,
2: it was uh, a little bit of all that, I mean, I can't pinpoint one thing, Mm -hmm. but my my behavior wasn't Amazing. It's not like I wasn't cheating on her, like, you know, know, that kind of stuff, but I just really pulled away emotionally and essentially drove the relationship into the ground.
1: It's necessary to give a little background on Ryan. Ryan's a TV personality, also just an an all around badass adventurer. You basically love adrenaline and (laughs) you live off of that. So your life is full of highs and full of lows. And being in this industry of entertainment and speaking for myself as well, when you experience a high, you are as such a good place to fall in love because you you want to share those highs with someone and then when you experience lows in your career you just sulk and you become very isolated from the world and it's hard to incorporate someone else in your life so i can like totally empathize with you on you know kind of like what you were going through
0: but
2: well said you you nailed it
0: (laughs) Well, that's my experience. I bet
1: that's why everyone in entertainment needs a therapist because you really have to manage your emotions because it's such a roller coaster, especially for something like what you do. Because Ryan does a lot of travel shows, Mm. so you're always out on adventures. But when the adventures are over, you're like, now what? You know, what do I do with my downtime? So when after you guys broke up and you spent some months chasing her, and I was part of this. (laughs) What does yeah, the chasing her look like? Like trying to win her back. I felt so bad. I've never <laughs> seen Ryan so upset because he's always like this, right? Yeah. Cheery. He, yeah. he is like the most positive person. And everybody wants Ryan around because he's like that happy-go-lucky guy. I remember he was in such a low that he wasn't the sunshiny Ryan that he right. was before. I reached yeah. out to her. I think on Facebook. Oh my God. To just say, like, is there any chance that we could talk about this? Oh, my like, God. Can can we work
0: this out? But you really hurt her. I remember she was extremely hurt. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, was it you that ended it? Was it her that ended it because of your behavior? Like, how
2: did things actually end? I really, you know, destroyed my trust with her. And I guess it ended in, you know, a moment of passion where I was like, don't ever call me again. Don't ever come back to Boulder. Like, that was the moment. And right when I hung up the phone, I was like, I made the biggest mistake of my life. What on earth am I doing? Um, so that's essentially how, how it ended. And um, there was really no reason for it other than I was just at a really low point, you know, in my career, in my life, and I was having a pity party. And instead of like reaching out to her for support and love, I just pushed her away, unfortunately. And I you know, since I made such a fool of myself, you know, I really I wanted her back. I was like, oh, my God, she's the one. I made a mistake. I, I, I see it now. And uh, that's how it went down.
0: So what would you do to try to get her back?
2: Oh, man, everything. Lots
1: of things.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> UA's like, i remember this world. <laughs> I,
2: actually, I asked my friends like UA to contact her. No, just kidding.
1: No. I did that on my own accord, by the
2: way. But I appreciate that. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, not a lot, but other friends did the same oh my thing God. because she I was so it. destroyed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I after we broke up, I was in a totally bad spot. And I decided to ride my bike across the United States of America. I thought that'd be a great way to just sit and think and just be out in nature and be with myself and uh, figure out like how to get her back, but also like where I want to go in my life. And how can I make myself show up better? if I do get her back. So I decided to ride my bike across the country and uh, it randomly lined up with one of her shows mm. in New Mexico, Las Cruces, New Mexico. I surprised her. She had no idea I would be there. Oh, wow. Um, what and was her I showed...
0: reaction? <laughs> I think
2: she was excited to see me. You know, it'd been months by the at this mm-hmm. point and we weren't like on bad terms. She wasn't like, don't ever talk to me again. But it was like she was definitely very wary of all my advances to try to win her back. So I, yeah. I saw her at this show, it was kind of a grand gesture of love and you know, I I gave her a hug backstage and then she had to get on the tour bus and keep moving so it wasn't very long and I continued my voyage across the United States and we kept in touch and chatted all the way up until December and then she had a show in Denver when I got back from my bike ride, she came and spent Christmas with me. We're still not together at this point but uh, we always had this crazy attraction, physical, like everything, when we saw each other it was hard to keep apart. And uh, so we definitely hooked up in December, but that wasn't what brought us back together. It wasn't for a few months later into the next spring that we actually got back together again.
1: (laughs) Oh, you guys did get back together again.
2: Yeah, we did. So then we, we traveled the world the world. We traveled through Europe for 2 months. It was another one of these like online contests. Mm-hmm. It was with a company called Viator and they we we traveled Europe filming a bunch of different uh tours that this company offers. So we went to 17 different cities and it was this crazy whirlwind trip and for those 2 months we were a couple for sure.
0: So then after those 2 months what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I just like that you laugh.
2: (laughs) Then I went to Peru to hike with my mom, and on the last day of the trip, she sent me essentially a Dear John email saying that we should not be together anymore. And uh, so that was hard to uh, oh to shit! Take. Did and you see it coming? Not really. No, it blindsided me.
1: And what was the reasoning?
2: Ah, <sighs> shoot! I mean, I just don't think she ever fully gained her trust back with me. Mm-hmm. And and she also wanted different things in life at a, at a quicker speed. You know, at this point she was thirty eight years old, and she wanted kids asap.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I wasn't quite on board that quickly. That is. So there were there were factors involved and you know if you called her i'm sure she would have a laundry list of things why she broke <laughs> me but from my point of view that's kind of what it was
0: do you guys still talk today
2: yes we have uh, you do yeah.
0: It's, it's I like that you're so. finding out this at the same time. Like, I've heard so much about her.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. So after that happened, I was crushed again. I was so bummed out and I could not talk to her for an entire year. And I did not talk to her for a whole year after that. And then she shows up in Boulder a year later and I get a text from her number. that says, Hey Ryan, I'm in town with my family. We're at some like hippie retreat or something. Cause it's Boulder. We have lots of those. <laughs> and I mean, remember, Immediately, my heart started pounding. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's in town. Oh, do I want to see her? Do I do I not want to see her? This is crazy. And um, we hung out and we hooked up. Oh, my God. I know. And every time we would do this, I'd see her. It would just like give me hope that, oh, there's possibilities. There's a she's giving me a little bit of a carrot here. She wants me yeah. in her life. And I would just you know fall for it over and over and over but we were never ever together again after that. Brian,
1: um, if you thought this girl was the one you were convinced, your family was convinced, why yeah. were you not able to give her what she wanted?
2: That's the million dollar question. Um, yeah, that's, that's a very good question. Cause when we were broken up, I really wanted to, to change and be the man that she needed. I just don't think that um, we were on the same page in a lot of ways. And it was a lot of, it was so, much passion. And I had this idea in my mind, like, we'll go back to when we first met, like, this is the one she's the best. This is the girl. And I kept holding on to those feelings and kind of ignoring reality, the other red flags that were in the way uh, because I was just stuck on on her being the one.
0: I honestly am like nodding because I feel like I've been here before as well, and it's super yeah. interesting. Of like these like really intense, passionate like I mean, you said overall this is like what eight months? Yeah, not like that it's long. not that long. The skin things, long. but the the intensity, yeah. and like yep. just the instant feeling like is so, yeah. like it's so interesting. Like how much like that can spiral, and then also the fact that you knew that she was the one, but still it prevented you from being with her.
1: Like you yeah. you wanted her in your life as the one. You love the idea of her as the one, but you didn't see a reality
0: with her yeah. as the one, given yeah. what
1: she wanted. Well, do you think that's it yeah. though?
0: Do you think it's an idea versus reality?
1: Well, what do you think, Ryan? Hindsight?
0: <laughs> yeah, hindsight.
2: Yeah, it was, it was the idea of this woman. I would always, you know, humans are very good at forgetting all the <laughs> negative things and the yeah, red flags. So I, I put her on a pedestal and she was the best of the best in every way. And that's what I was holding on to. And, you know, I never really showed up in that relationship the way I should have, you know, there was a lot that she needed from me that I wasn't giving her. And, you know, I may have told everybody that I want to be with her, but I certainly didn't always act like it and follow through with it. And, you know, that's why she couldn't ever trust me.
0: Mm.
1: So you never got back together after that, but you're still in contact. What's her situation now?
2: Um, no we never got back together and you know we would see each other every now and then I'd show up in New York or whatever and we'd have a great weekend and hook up and have fun (laughs) and it was it was horrible it was like of this it was very hard for me to ever date anybody else because I always had this girl in the back of my mind
0: what's her status now is she like married
2: or she is not married she does not have a boyfriend she really um, wanted to have a family and children and she was not able to do that through the advances of science and technology that women would do in their late 30s and stuff, which is heartbreaking. I know that's really what she wanted, but that did not work out for her. And uh, she's still happy. We still talk. We're still very close. We've both kind of come to terms with the fact that we were in each other's lives for a reason. And we both learned a lot from each other. And we both still, we love and adore each other, but we are we're just not meant to be husband and wife and life partners.
1: Well, if the kids are off the table, then what is the option then
2: I think you know that's off the table but it's also we kind of we like I said we both realized that we're not meant for each other in that way you know we, we gave it a good shot and uh you know in at least me now I can say that it's a good thing that we did not end up together
1: so let's know? talk about that after this relationship ended you were still heartbroken yeah what kept you going what made you still believe in love
2: it took me a while. I will be honest. <laughs> it took me a little while, but time heals everything. <laughs> and I, like you said, you know, I'm like a very positive kind of guy. I'm always trying to get the most out of life. And I didn't want to just dwell on this one girl, the big loss I had and think that I missed my one chance on love because truth is there's so many amazing people on this planet. And I started meeting more people and more women and being like, okay, wow, there's actually other women that make me laugh and that are beautiful and I can hang with and that are great so I opened myself back up to love and I, I'm i the kind of guy that wears my heart on my sleeve and when I meet somebody that I really like like I really I go for it
1: mm-hmm. how long did that take though
2: it took years after, after this woman like how many year, years let's see Uh, pr- probably till about this past year really so 2018 when I met a, a new woman
0: so I think that's an interesting thing because I actually resonate as well with this because I think I'm a similar <laughs> personality is I think there's two different types of people there's the people that experience these extreme highs and lows that are more of like, let me wear my feelings on my sleeve and like, Mm -hmm. really pour it out more emotional beings. And then there's more people that are more even keeled and rational. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you think like that impacts your relationships? So I feel like a rational person would not fall in love after three days. (laughs) They would not be hung up on someone they only met for like six months. Like there's two different like school of thoughts of of approaching relationships. Like, how do you think that's helped and hurt you along the way?
2: I always tell people I have one speed in life for anything, <laughs> and it's turbo speed. And that goes for <laughs> athletic endeavors and you know career pursuits and women. Like when I go for something, when I right? really feel it, I go for it all the way. And it's dangerous. It's a double-edged sword. You yep. can get totally burned by it. But that's the way I live, and I love it. And because of that way that I've lived, I've had... A lot of success and I've accomplished some amazing things and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. So yes, it is dangerous in a way to live like this, especially with relationships because you can get burned over and over, but the rewards are worth it.
0: Yeah. I think that's the flip side is like, is just being complacent and neutral. Is that actually like living either? Like having the highs and lows, at least you've experienced the highs. But a
1: question for both of you crazy people, because I think I'm (laughs) on the rational camp here. (laughs) who do you think is compatible for you? Is it someone equally as uh, passionate and driven and crazy or someone who's a little bit
0: more rational? Well, that's what I'm curious about what she was like, the girl that you told us about. She sounds pretty passionate. Because I think think my past experience that reminds me of yours was also someone that was very passionate. So I think sometimes two passionate people can be like all in immediately. And then it blows up really fast too. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, what kind of person is best for me? I don't know. I've had the super passionate ones where we're both on the same page immediately. And we are like a rocket ship of love. (laughs) And then I, I've had people that are kind of like, whoa, this dude is a lot and they kind of hold back and they're, they don't really show me their heart and soul right off the bat like some other people do, which is fine. You know, I've learned to you know, communicate with all, all types of people. And I realized that I am this way and that it is a lot for some people to handle.
0: So I actually read somewhere and I'm blanking on what type of study this was, but it's actually people that are very passionate. Someone more analytical is a better life partner for Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So like having two people that are highly passionate is maybe it's a soulmate experience. Like you kind of brought up Ryan of like someone that you can learn from and someone that really made that like earth shaking moment in your life and changed the way you think about people. But it might not be the person you end up for the long haul. So maybe it's not that one's better than the other, but they serve different purposes.
1: Well, that's a good point, Ryan. What are you looking for? Are you looking for a series of passionate relationships or a um, more long-term relationship?
2: I will tell you that I've never had a relationship much over one year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so, I think uh, that's
1: common for people that are very passionate. Maybe that's your trajectory. We had a poll on our Instagram. We talked about this in previous episodes. We asked people, would you prefer? Prefer a series of very passionate, meaningful relationships that don't last very long or a very long, drawn out, complacent relationship. And it was split 50 50 yeah really yeah so what what do you think is your ultimate goal what are you ultimately looking for
2: well i would love to have yeah a long lasting relationship where you really get to know somebody and learn from somebody and build you know a life together i mean all these one-year relationships are great and i'm learning a lot but uh they're they're not sustainable i can't continue the rest of my life just you know having these little one-year relationships every three to five years why not I, i mean i I guess you i guess i could i mean the answer i sure i could be like george clooney till i'm 50 you know <laughs> or however old he was when he got married um, and now divorced <laughs> is he divorced oh is he really oh
1: isn't that the uh, rumor i think I getting don't know. A divorce. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter let's talk about your current girlfriend then How did you guys
2: meet? (laughs) This is another really cool story. (laughs) Of course. We both had films in a film festival last February. Oh. And we went to a party afterwards with all the filmmakers. And I was sitting at a table and I was telling everybody at the table that I was leaving the next morning to go to the far off Copper Canyons of Mexico to run an ultra marathon with this like lost Indian tribe. Of course. (laughs) Yes,
0: of course.
2: And she is sitting across... Of me and I don't really know her. I've met her like once or twice before. She lives in Boulder. She's sitting across from me and she's a little bit buzzed up and drunk, and she's like, I want to go with you. <laughs> And I was like, well, you can't, I'm leaving tomorrow. You you can't like.
0: Another impulsive person. Yep, Uh, (laughs) along for the ride.
2: Long story very short, uh, she did end up coming with me the next day to Mexico. And at this point I had, was not romantically interested in this girl. She was just gonna come along for the ride. There were 10 other runners heading down there. And I was like, cool, you can come. You're just gonna be part of the gang and let's go have some fun in Mexico. And uh, we got to know each other on this trip. It's a beautiful location. It's romantic. It was a full moon. And we slowly got to know each other. We went on these long runs through the canyons and jumping in waterfalls and stuff. And I really, I fell for her because of her style. She's spontaneous and fun and athletic and beautiful and smart and all those things that you fall in love with. And so that is how I met her, deep in the Copper Canyons of Mexico. Wow.
1: So this story is a little bit different than the previous stories, where the initial passion wasn't there from the get-go, true, but it true. was developed over time. So yeah. do you think that this has more more of a probability for longevity because it's a developed well, passion? We,
2: we just had our one-year anniversary this weekend, so I'm
0: already breaking a world record. There you go.
2: <laughs> so yeah, celebrated our one year. I will be very honest that the last couple of months have been difficult mm. and there have been times where I'm like, I don't know if this is going to continue much longer, but I'm trying harder this time. This girl is amazing. There's a lot about her that I really love. She's incredible in so many ways and I think in the past, I would get to this point about a year in and I would just bail. I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. you're great. You're beautiful. But my life is awesome and I don't need you. So, you know, goodbye and, you know, good luck.
0: So that's what I was going to ask you. And I want to turn this conversation because I feel like we hear this a lot. Like guy meets amazing girl. They Mm -hmm. fall head over heels for but whatever reason they end it. From a woman's perspective, it's like if you've been spending all this time trying to find this person, why on earth? would you ever let them go?
1: Let's take a quick break so I can introduce you to Lola. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton, BPA-free tampons, pads, and liners. They also offer sex products too. Unlike other major brands, Lola's women-focused sex products are formulated to deliver the sensation and reliability you deserve without unnecessary irritating additives. Seriously, have you looked at what regular condoms are made out of? Not stuff you want in your body. Lola's condoms are made out of natural rubber latex and individually tested for contraception and STI protection. Plus, they feel pretty darn good. And as a nice companion to the condoms, the Lola Personal Lubricant features a mess-free one-click pump system with a water-based formula made with aloe vera and completely hypoallergenic. I'm a huge fan of Lola because you get everything you need delivered to your door hassle-free. For datable listeners only, you get 40% off all subscriptions. Just visit mylola.com and enter the code datable when you subscribe that's m-y-l-o-l-a.com and enter the code d-a-t-e-a-b-l-e
0: now back to the show from a woman's perspective it's like if you've been spending all this time trying to find this person why on earth would you ever let them go yeah yeah What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah. I mean, and that's a lot of,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're like, I've been thinking about this for five years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. Am I in therapy? Um, Yes. (laughs) You owe us $250 for this hour.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, these are the things that I've really been wrestling with for the past few months where I'm like, Oh, you know, when I started feeling, Oh, maybe this girl's not the one. And you know, it's like Ryan, you know, Don't just try harder because trying harder doesn't create love, but it does – you know, when you actually put yourself out there, like when I say try harder, I mean like really open yourself up on an emotional level and get down deeper than you've ever gotten before. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been trying to do. And we actually just agreed to uh, go to couples therapy, something I've good. never done.
1: Good, good.
0: So are going to
2: we're going to go to, I haven't gone yet, but, and, and you mentioned $250. I had no idea
0: it's <laughs> so expensive. <laughs> so do you think it's then just where the guy is emotionally? in his emotional development and it's not necessarily the woman and it's not necessarily his feelings. It's that he just can't handle his feelings.
2: I would say in a lot of ways, yeah, I can't speak for all men, but for me, um, yeah, it's, I have a lot of walls that I've put up. I'm trying to find a way to compassionately, you know, break through these walls, not only for myself, but for my partner. And maybe I won't end up marrying this girl, but at least I'm you know, really giving her my, my whole heart and soul and everything. Cause we, we built a lot, we've done some amazing things and it would feel like I would be just quitting if I just turned around and said, Hey, peace out, have a good one. You know, it was, it's been real and hit off on my own.
1: So your pattern, Ryan, putting on my therapist hat is that you have a pattern of ending relationships at the credits So you have this very tumultuous and passionate relationship and it's interesting and everybody wants to learn about it. You've actually made videos about these women and your love for them. And as soon as it gets real, Mm -hmm. you peace out. So I think with this new woman, you've learned that when the credits are rolling, this is where where the real stuff happens, where the real work really happens. So what are some of the steps you're taking to make this work other than couples therapy?
2: Um. I'm really trying to be more open with my uh, with my wants and my needs. In the past, with girls, they'd be like, "Hey, what's wrong? Wrong? What do you need? Why are you pulling away?" And I'd be like, "Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine," and just kind of shut down in every way. Mm. Now I'm I'm trying to open up and confront it, and it's hard. It's hard work to really you know dig deep and. and figure out why I'm acting this way. And she's, she's really good. She's incredibly smart and and open. And so she's challenged me in ways that I've never been challenged. And I'm allowing now, you know, not always, but I'm allowing now myself to really just open up in ways that I never have before. And one silly little thing we did recently last week, we did those New York Times, like 36 yeah. questions things, you uh-huh, know? Yeah, uh-huh. I had never done anything like that before. And it was a lot of fun. And some of the questions are just softballs, but some of them are, you know, they get down to it. And yeah. uh, it was a really good connecting point for us.
0: So I was going to ask, like, what has she done? Like when in moments that you've pulled back, what are some ways that she's handled that?
2: She doesn't really let me pull back like other girlfriends have. Mm. She really kind of calls me on it, which is good. And she she's a great communicator. So I think I feel comfortable when she brings things up and uh, you know, we've had, we've butted heads a ton over the past few months and that's kind of the the no fun part of the relationship that makes me want to just tuck tail and run. Mm-hmm. But um, she's uh, brought up a lot of these options. She's like, hey, I want to build a life with you. I really believe in this. And these are five things that we can do. She brought up the relationship therapy. She brought up the either you know, the 36 questions like she doesn't want to give up. She wants to go for this. And so for me, I'm like, OK, she's she's in it. You know, not that I was like testing her, but I, could, okay. I know she is in it to win it for sure.
1: How was she able to learn these tools? Does she have a, a similar relationship background experience?
2: She had a, one very long relationship, and uh, I think she learned a lot from that. And she's just – she comes from a, a world of her family, her friends, of people that really are good at communicating. She's been to a lot of therapy on her on her own, mm-hmm. and I think she's she's just very wise – and, uh, and also she's been through a lot in life. I mean, she's been through the ringer and I think people who have been beaten down really have a lot more patience and they know themselves better in some ways. And, uh, you know, she just comes with a lot of tools.
1: Yeah, I feel like Ryan is like a extreme representation of what, who we all are, which is we have <laughs> this external persona that we live up to. And then we have the internal real selves. Yep. And for you, why I say it's extreme is because you have legitimately like an a persona you have a tv yeah. persona you have a personality that people think you're just like the strong adventurous yeah. happy-go-lucky guy nothing can ever faze you you got it all figured out but mm-hmm. deep down you're just trying to figure the shit out like everyone else totally. and i yep. think she's able to break down those walls and at this one year mark this is where the real ryan is coming out this is yeah. where your true colors are coming out and it's not that on-air persona right it's a totally different Ryan
2: yeah yeah I'm enjoying it now I'm really enjoying the process you know of getting to know myself better and challenge myself and really I see the rewards and you know they you know just like any relationship it's not always amazing you're not always on top of the world you're not always extremely sexually attracted to the other person when you really put in the time you go up and down these roller coasters it just brings you together in a way that I've never experienced.
0: Yeah, I think it's like goes back to that personality of the highs and lows, like Mm -hmm. the honeymoon period, everything's so great. So that when things start to turn, there is an instinct to just like be like, question it. Like, is this the right relationship? Is this not? And we had a guest, uh, Dr. Alexandra Solomon, who teaches like a marriage one-on-one course at Northwestern. And she basically said like every relationship has conflict and it's like how you deal with it that's there. But if you think that you can find a relationship without conflict, like you're delusional because that's the problem with today is people just think that there's a better option as soon as conflict comes up.
2: Yep. And, you know, just really quickly, like I have done a lot of very difficult physical adventures. And I've put my body and mind through the pain cave like you wouldn't believe. And I don't let myself quit in those situations when I'm at mile 80 of a 100-mile race. Mm-hmm. So there are times in my life where I, where I have really Fought for what I want to to get to the finish line, and in this case, the finish line really is to to work on this and to you know be my best self that I can be with this woman right now to to work through the hard times.
1: So, what was the turning point? What made you say this relationship is different? I'm going to push through when. I usually peace out.
2: My fortieth birthday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always say men just change once they turn turn forty. It's like a magic number. It really is. Um, I, I don't
2: know if there's one specific moment, but it, it definitely happened in the very recent time frame. I would say in the, like the last couple of weeks, where we weren't talking much, we weren't spending much time together. We had just traveled internationally, and we were just kind of you know both on our sides of the of the ring. In the last, you know, 10 days, we've talked a lot and that's made all the difference in the world. We've communicated and we've talked about these issues and I've been very honest with her about how I do usually act, how my pattern usually drives me away from people and I just run off. That has been the key in the last, the recent past.
1: Why is finding love important to you?
2: Because love is awesome. Like (laughs) we all know this. Like love feels so great. There's no better feeling Mm -hmm. in the world than being in love. You look back to some of your best memories on this planet and it's you holding somebody's hand or watching a sunset or just like cuddling in bed. And those moments are just so – rich and beautiful and you, you just you want that it's it's like a drug in some ways adrenaline and so rush general and, th- and those are like the exciting moments of love but love isn't always like that love is sometimes ugly and boring and you know just it, it's just being with somebody which is also a very soothing and comforting feeling knowing that you're just with somebody who's who's with you by your side they are your teammate and you are moving forward together
1: and those are the exact feelings you depicted in that video you made about your current girlfriend can we share that video
2: yes okay. share the video we're going to share awesome. a link to that
1: video it's it's a very moving piece but also at the same time it just shows such a different side of you yeah. the softer yeah. side of
0: Ryan this has been such a great conversation love to <laughs> kind of like wrap it up with some takeaways
1: yes i i have these takeaways i thought i would have some different takeaways but one of the takeaways is a uh, Ryan Van Duzer is grown up now. Yay!
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I wouldn't say grown up. I'm growing up. Growing
1: up. You're in the process of growing up. What I've learned about your journey and also kind of like my quest for love is I think we talk about love in such a positive light all the time that it gives us a very skewed view of what being in love should be like and I would say the heartaches and the challenges of being in love are equally as important as the the warm and fuzzies that you feel in love Mm -hmm. and sometimes they maybe outweigh the positives of love because that's when you really grow and push yourself to grow and love is a it's not a one Person ride; it's uh, two people together who are in this ride together. So when you're on this roller coaster of love, two people push that roller coaster forward, yeah. and it doesn't just happen with one person pushing. So I think what I'm hearing from you, Ryan, is like you've really opened up yourself to say, "I'm ready to be pushed," and this is this is one challenge I haven't taken on yet, but I'm
0: ready to be pushed to explore love even deeper. Yeah, yes, I like what you said about like learning from the heartbreak too. Because it's like the roller coaster of the up and down. And I think when you're in the heartbreak, you're like, wow, this is so shitty. Like, why did I even do this? But I think at the end of the day, what Ryan, you were saying of like, why love is the greatest thing is like pros and the highs of it just like make up for so much of those lows. And the lows really did show you that you did feel like you truly felt for someone if you were experiencing that. And I think if you are, again, like some of this comes down to like your personality type. Not saying if you're consistent and more um, constant, you don't feel anything, but mm-hmm. like if you are that person that has those ex- like the highs and lows, like you know that you did kind of give your all to your feelings.
1: Yeah we're just trying our best here, right? We're all just trying to make shit work. And sometimes it doesn't work. But when we talk about fighting for your relationship, sometimes we think about like fighting against your partner in a way, like you're fighting for them to break down their walls. But I think fighting really means two people together breaking these walls down as one entity. And one of those challenges is as a couple that's where the real work begins the real work isn't in the beginning remembering their birthdays and treating them well you know the real work begins when you start breaking down those walls and have to face all those vulnerabilities that you don't normally face on a daily basis and this shit is exhausting (laughs) it's probably harder than any marathon you've done ryan or any of the
0: tumultuous and like really hard physical activities
1: you've ever done Because this is like emotional
0: work. Yeah. I think at the end of the day too, like everyone is on their own journey. Like we've said so many times, but like, I think I myself have felt like someone gave up, right? Like when Mm -hmm. things have ended and it hasn't pursued and like, oh, they didn't care enough. And that's why they ended things like they gave up on us. And I think what I've learned from Ryan here too, is like, that may not be the case. Like it sounded like you very much cared about that first girlfriend you mentioned in this But you just weren't there. And like that really had nothing to do with her. It was when you guys met. It was how you guys interacted. And like you didn't give up because like you were fighting. It was just a different type of fight. Yeah. Yep.
1: I love what you said about the the one, the first the one, <laughs> not mm-hmm. the second. You know, we sometimes have this idea of the one that's very much independent. Like you meet someone and you say, oh, I really think this person is the one yeah. because I see this person fitting into my life as the one. They become a character in this film that you've written. Yep. But the one really is someone who is in it with you, who you want to be in this with as well. It's not independent of who you are. So when we talk about, oh, I feel like this person's a one, it means that they're ready to go
0: to battle with you yeah. right that, that's like you're they're ready to take on the world with you I'm so mixed on this concept of the one too because mm. like I feel like you brought this up Ryan is like after that first one and I've been there before it's like will there be someone else like yeah. is this is my it one, just one shot yeah. that
2: I have like lost yeah. and like you're like it, the next one's gonna suck right Right. right. And can't I think
0: And until you meet that next person you don't ever fully get over that first person yeah and I think like this concept of the one does hurt us because sometimes if you feel like you've met them you're like wow that was my shot and it's gone right yeah like maybe there isn't the one it's just the one at various stages of your life right the one for now (laughs) or the one that's teaching you this lesson or the one that's in it for the long haul or someone that's more of a soulmate connection
2: It just goes back to like, we're all just figuring this out. Like we're trying our best. Being a human is hard.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that's the biggest thing is like, you're only seeing it from your perspective. Mm -hmm. Like curious, like with your, that first girl you mentioned, like, did she know the agony you were going through? Do you know what she was going through? Mm -hmm. You only see it through your lens of what you're going through in the moment. And a lot of times you're like, wow, I feel so much. And they're just living their life and they're totally fine. You don't really know that. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. True. I
1: hear this question a lot, which people will ask How do you know the current situation you're in is uh, mm-hmm. someone who's in your life to teach you a lesson uh, versus yep. someone who's here to
0: stay? The long haul person. The yeah.
1: long haul person. And my answer to that is always it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just have to try the best you can with the person you're with right now and only time will tell if yeah. this person is here to stay or not. It's true. But who's to say, I mean, you could be with someone for 10 years and think that they're here for the long haul and realize that they were just there to teach you a lesson for the last decade. Right. It's right? only in hindsight. It's that only, you only know. in hindsight. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter who they are right now. You just right. have to try your best. Yep.
2: I like that. Day by day, that's all you can do, really. You live in the present moment and you love as much as you can and you, you do the best and uh, you wake up the next day and you,
0: you do it again. That's a great, great takeaway. do it
1: again. <laughs> Let's go on to a question of the day. This one comes from Joelle. I feel like I fall in love quite frequently. In the past five years, I've probably fallen in love five times. But for some reason, as soon as we exchange those three little words, the relationship falls apart. My most recent relationship ended about 2 weeks after we said I love you. And yes, I tend to say it first, but the guys always say it back. What do you think is happening here? Am I saying it too early? And why would they say it back if they don't mean it?
2: Hmm. Mm. Well, there's a lot of answers to this question. <laughs> is this for this or is this for you, you guys. You <laughs>
1: kick us off. <laughs> first of all, I think a lot of
2: times a guy or a girl will say I love you back in that position because they don't want it to be awkward in that one moment. Yeah. They're like if somebody tells you they love you, that's a very vulnerable and powerful thing to say. And so if you just sit there and smile or or don't say anything, then it gets awkward quick. So you're like, oh, yeah, I love you, too. When you and you you might not mean it. You know, you're just saying it because you want to get through that one awkward moment.
1: So why do you think for Joelle that as soon as they say I love you, the relationship falls apart? what's happening here?
0: Let's say what Ryan just said, they felt awkward. This was the way to deal with it in the moment. They may have that feeling like, wow, she's way ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it catches up a couple of days later or whenever. And then it's one of those deciding factors. Like, I don't want to lead this person on that feels this way.
2: Yeah. I don't throw around the term. I love you very often. Like I really yeah. have to feel it. And I I pretty much will only say it if, like, it's there. Like, my heart just is, like, it's, I've only said it, like, three women in my life. So it's one of those things. When if, all, if those words come out of my mouth, I'm meaning it. And the other person is probably feeling it too. So it's not going to take them off off
0: guard. That's how I am too. But then I think there's other people that use it a lot more freeing. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard because you don't know too as the receiver also. Like, does this person say this to everyone? Is someone not, that's not saying it to you? Do they feel it, but they just don't, they're not someone that's accustomed to saying it. I feel like we place so much emphasis on these three words Mm -hmm. and I think like at the end of the day like yeah like if you go years and years and no one ever says anything there could be a larger thing going on there but I think also like some of it's just knowing in your gut that someone loves you or like feel that way towards them and I think like when you do say it like I guess my question for Joelle and she's not here to answer it so I'm not sure how far this will go but like did she feel that they were like in It with her, or was it just her feelings? Mm. Because I think, like for me personally, I've actually I've never been the first one to say I love you, so I don't really know. But my feeling of how I'd react is I would only say to someone that I felt was really in it with me.
1: Right, right. So maybe there's a little bit of questioning of why are you saying these words? Do you actually mean it? Do you feel it? Or is it because you feel like you need to reach a milestone? And I've heard that from some people. They feel like saying the words i love you is a milestone they need to check off that box but then people feel like the work stops there. You know, as soon as you say, I love you, it's good. We don't need to work on a relationship anymore. We're in love. And so I can see why, how some relationships could fall apart after these words are exchanged. Maybe you become complacent afterwards, yep. right? Or you feel like you don't have to work as hard for your
0: relationship. Yeah, I think also it's like knowing that person really well. And again, we don't know the time frame of when she said it, but five times in five years, like, unless she's really in like one year After one year with no breaks in between, my guess is like they weren't super long relationships. And again, we don't have the full background, but I think like it's knowing like even if your feelings are there, if it's like two months in, that could definitely freak someone out that like isn't necessarily as like inclined to say those words. So again, it's not that they don't have feelings for you or like you should hold back, but it's also knowing how they express love. And like, maybe that isn't the way they do it. And it's like knowing them enough to know how they handle it. And if you don't know them enough, then maybe you shouldn't be saying it at that point.
1: So Ryan, when did you tell your girlfriend that you loved her?
2: Oh, it was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually pretty quick for me. I would see it was about a month and a half into our relationship. Mm. And it wasn't... Like some beautiful moment on a mountainside or whatever, we were just cuddling in bed, and I looked her in the eyes, and I I told her I loved her. I kind of whispered it, and oh. I, I I may have had a little bit of a tear in my eye because it oh. was a really powerful moment for me. Yeah. Like I said, I don't I don't throw those words around. So it, I mean, when I said those three words, it like whoosh, like this wave of emotion overcame me, and it was exciting and, and scary and and all the emotions that come along when you profess your love to somebody. So that's how it happened.
0: I'm I remember I would loved like if there's one that stood out to you UA but like I think for me like with my ex like I remember just like cuddling like laying down like not a big gesture but I remember him just being like I feel at home with you like I love you Aww. and just like to me I wasn't actually thinking about it like I don't know why like I felt that way to him but I was never like when is he gonna say I love you like I wasn't fixated on it but like as soon as he said it I was like wow I really love him too and it just like came out that's really powerful
1: I don't know No, it's so foreign to me. I haven't been in love since 2008. So I don't remember what that feeling is like. But I I do remember the first time my ex-boyfriend said I love you to me, we were at my parents' house actually. (laughs) I was straddling him. We (laughs) weren't having sex, I was like, like, cuddling. And he just looked at me, he's like I love you it just felt so genuine yeah. and i yeah. i
0: cried well that's what i think of hearing in all three of those stories is like there's a genuine feel yeah and i i guess for joelle is like what how right. did you say it how, yeah how was like the vibe of the situation all of that right
1: yeah oh love
0: Love. What a concept. What a
2: so concept. great. It's what makes us human, you it know? Really it really is.
0: I think that's is. like, honestly, sometimes people ask like why we do this podcast. And there's a billion reasons why we do it. But one of the reasons I think it, I love doing it is because like I do really believe that love is like the best thing in the world. And like that's I think great. it's really hard to find. And I think when you lose it, it really fucking sucks. But like experiencing it and like feeling just like that feeling that's like kind of hard to describe. Yeah. It's just, it's like everything. And like at the end of the day, like work, everything else, like it's never going to be like that, like soul shaking feeling that you get from love.
1: I think the three of us are very lucky to have been in love. I know people who are well into their 30s and 40s who've never experienced love. And that's so
0: sad to me because it's, it's, it's a feeling that everyone should have. It's so interesting too, because like even people that have been in very long-term relationships, it doesn't always correlate. It could be that you fell madly in love with someone like we're talking about. That's a very short, Mm -hmm. but passionate stint versus like people that you're like, oh yeah, they've been together for like five years. They must be in love and they weren't. Right. There's no correlation.
1: And a lot of it has to do with yourself, uh, how open you are to it. So, ah, okay. I'm going to go find love now. Go <laughs> go do it, go do it. I heard I it know. earlier That
2: siren going by that was, love. <laughs>
1: that was love That was love Thank you so much Ryan For being so honest And vulnerable with your stories I, I didn't know all the details With uh, past two love yep. stories So I'm glad I, I filled in on that He's also my birthday twin oh. so, That's right. you know, Every time he turns a year older I can feel it <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're
2: That's
1: like, right I guess on January YouTube. 21st We're at Aquarius <laughs> (laughs) Uh, Ryan, what cool projects are you working on right now? I'm really
2: passionate about my YouTube channel. Like, uh, like I said, I used to be like all into being a TV guy, TV host, working for Travel Channel and big networks. And there's excitement to that. But I love creating my own stories, editing the videos how I want them to look, and Mm -hmm. just telling stories that inspire viewers. And then with YouTube, you can interact with everybody. They write comments, you can you can write them right back. And so I really love YouTube right now. It's as like my main passion. as far as adventures, I'm always doing some sort of fun bike ride or run. Or you know.
1: <laughs> How can people find you on YouTube?
2: It's uh, Dozer TV, D U Z E R TV, or if you just Google my name or whatever, my videos will show up. I have lots of them, <laughs> so and I, I create videos that are aimed at inspiring people to get up off their couches and challenge themselves. So,
0: and is your fun. video the one of you and your current girlfriend on the YouTube channel? Oh yes, it's oh, called, oh yes, it's called Great. Fifty Mile First Date. Great. So we will be linking this, and then people can also check out your YouTube channel.
1: Woo! Thank you so much. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Listeners at home, we want to hear your love stories. I love these love stories. We need more of them. Because you're right, Ryan. This is what makes us human. This is what sets us apart from the other living
0: objects in this world. So it's so unique and lovely. And I love what you said earlier. Of Like when you think back of the high points of your life, a lot of them are like you experience intimacy with someone else.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, we're going to wrap this
0: up. Stay Stay dateable.
1: Your action item for this week is to reflect back on your previous relationships. Instead of thinking about how they ended, ask yourself three questions. One, did you show up? In that, were you present in the relationship and did you have your partner's back? Two, did you try your best? Meaning when things were not going well, did you fight for your relationship and for each other? And three, did you choose love? Even when things were rocky, did you choose to love your partner instead of placing blame? Now, if you're currently in a relationship, ask yourself the same questions, but in the present tense. What are some areas you could do more of? And if you're not currently in a thing, think about what you could bring more of into your next relationship. Want to continue the conversation? First, tag us in any post with hashtag stay dateable. Then head on over to our website, dateablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes, as well as articles, videos, and our coaching services with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series, where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. To connect with us, find Dateable Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also downloadable on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.